welcome to the What's Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 11 of the What's Up Podcast. That's right, 11. We have broken 10. We are into the second chapter, I guess we could call it. Um, it's been a it's been a great it's been a great time so far today. Today I am joined uh, once again um, with my good buddy uh, Josh Dobeck. How's it going, Josh? Going well, thanks, Brent. How's it going with you? Oh, it's going really good. Excellent. Finally, finally home. I was uh, <clears throat> I was in your adopted, I guess you could call like adopted native land for a week or so. Um, you were a resident of Jacksonville for a few years, weren't you? Yes, yeah, we lived down there for uh, about 11 years before moving back a few years ago. Yeah, like, d- definitely a nice area and re- has really great weather, but a lot yeah. of humidity in the summertime. Oh, that's what I hear. <laughs> yeah. It was a freaking paradise compared to what I've been, what I had to get off the plane yesterday night to. Holy I shit. Bet. Usually I have like a couple days to get acclimated to the weather as a North Dakotan, but like when you go from Florida or you go to like a tropical and tropical area and like there's some people that had like the women had their hair braided and they had like Cancun shirts on. They must have just came from Mexico. They all were sunburnt and you could tell they were in the same boat as me. Like we walked off that we walked onto the jetway and like they try with those like insulated blankets, but it hit me and I'm like, holy shit, this is what all those people were talking about all week. When people talk shit about cold, I'm like, oh, it ain't nothing. Because usually North Dakotans are like polar bears. We get acclimated through like the two weeks it takes to get cold. I went from like 80 degrees in Jacksonville to like probably 70 or 65 in Dallas. That was my connection. And I got off in Fargo and it was fucking 50 below windchill. And I'm like, holy, why do I live here? Why, yeah, do, why, yeah. do my an- why do my ancestors stop here? Like, why do my great, 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 great grandparents were like, fuck, this will work. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot less crime and a lot of good positive things about this area yeah that's true that's florida true. just has well the, the, the cold keeps out the riffraff that has to be exact that has to be what it is i think so like there's nobody who's up to no good just fucking around outside right now if you're outside right now you're outside doing something that you have to do because your wife made you do it or you're fucking yeah what are we looking at right now? 17, 17 below, below. That's, that's just the actual temperature that's not the wind chills we're that's under not an advisory. factoring the wind chill yeah, we're, we're under an advisory to 50 below zero that is bonkers. Right now in Jacksonville, it's sixty-seven. So that's yeah. a differential of, and it's nine. Yeah, and it's plus. nine o'clock. It's nine o'clock in Jacksonville right now. Just a nice fucking like Miami Heat style. Unbelievable, unbelievable. But my first, you know, I want to give my like, I want to give my first impressions of Florida. But I can't. Do you remember your f- first impressions of Florida? Like, what did you think when you landed? Did you land in Jacksonville Airport? Yes. And then you fucking drive out of there. Like, what were your first reactions? Because I just did that. I just made that drive this week. Like, when you first got there, what were you thinking? You're like, well, first of all, when did you first get there? Like, in the summer or in the winter? It was in the springtime. Springtime. So just um, perfect time. Just to be started there. to warm up, and it's uh, it just everyone was on the golf course, and just everyone's out and about and active. And they are, just, yeah, driving their golf carts around as yeah, cars and shit. Golf carts everywhere. Those little jewel cars, those things are fucking really popular on the island. Absolutely. And it's winter right now. These people are wearing fucking snowsuits. Yeah, if it gets below, like, 50 degrees or so, everyone's wearing hats and jackets and parkas. I was working with a guy out. in... Uh, South or no, I was in actually I was in uh, Brunswick, Georgia, which is an hour uh, an hour north. So it's like that shitty country band, like Florida Georgia Line. Like yes. I was north, right? I, I crossed the Florida Georgia Line. Sure. The first, the first thirty minutes, I was in in Florida for the first time, and 
I was like another 30 miles north of that in this little town. And this guy's like, it was, it was like supposed to get to like 59. And my wife was asking me if the kids were going to be okay. Cause they got to like sit at the bus stop. And I'm like, <laughs> when I was little, when I was fucking like 12 years old, I had to go out in 15 or 20 below and stand at a fucking wooden bench. that didn't even have no warming house, you know, like, and the, the bus driver was a bitch. She would show up sometimes at eight fifteen, but sometimes eight fifty eight thirty. So you had to be there. But sometimes when you thought she was going to be there at 8.15, she never, like, had any patterns. Yeah, the it was cold, like, frigid winter in North Dakota is fuck, definitely man. a big difference it toughens versus you Florida. Up. It toughens you up. But being in Florida for, like, three days, it will fucking, you will lose your, you start to lose your North Dakota Norwegian edge, like, so quick. Yeah, it has a lot of humidity. so that It goes be, away. Uh, for or against you, just depends on what time of season it is. But, but in my, the wintertime, it's what fairly I, mild. What I noticed about. snows in Florida. Yeah, rarely. They said 1989 was the last time that they had had snow. Yeah, it doesn't happen very and often. And they like people fucking lose 20, their minds. It's like years. an event. 1989. Yeah. <laughs> I was fucking four years old. The last time where I was had snow. It was crazy. I uh, I met uh, Evil Knievel's lifeline or like long time, long life. Uh, essentially, throughout uh, his his the end of his career, the main uh, the main or the good portion of his career. Uh, was his bus driver, his like his career long, I should say. Wow, uh, what's up with driver. that? Evil Knievel. He Evil is, Knievel, he's dead. Yeah, definitely he's dead, dead now, but yeah. he is definitely um He was uh, one of the greatest um, stuntmen stunt yeah. of all time. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. That guy was next level. He was he was yeah. doing like hundred foot jumps off Harleys with with no rear suspension in like the seventies when no one was fucking doing it. That guy had a death wish. Yeah, I think so. He but had yeah, something. He, he had a parasite he in his brain. As as he did. You know that parasite you get that like makes animals, or I don't know if he can even be in humans, but it's a parasite that like makes you you have no fear, and uh, you essentially will like do things that a normal rational person wouldn't do, like almost like a death wish type of thing. You can get like it it's like it to the limit every it's like time. Lyme disease, but it's not Lyme disease. Or now they're finding that a lot of times when people have it, that it is Lyme disease. I don't know. It was on Joe Rogan or whatever, but they were talking about people like these daredevils like you see those crazy people on top of buildings from new york in like the 30s and 40s that are like roller skating off the edge of buildings and like you know or like highline guys back in the 50s and 40s that didn't have any safety harnesses on those people were all sick in the fucking head they were and evil knievel was crazy as fuck too it's like he had a death wish he's like it's like travis pastrana today i mean travis pastrana is a little bit more of an intelligent he seems more of an intelligent type of person i'm sure evil knievel is very intelligent but like it's like you have to have something wrong with you, and now they're correlating like a disease or like a fucking parasite or a some sort of virus or whatever that you can get that like essentially will you know and it, it, you see it in nature all the time like um there's ants there's like zombie ants and shit it's crazy what's up with that yeah tell me more about this bus driver his that name you was Chris what? right and uh he drives semi he drives truck now and he's a super nice guy but like he uh Every day he wore a big fluff, fluffy jacket and shorts. So, like, the jacket didn't match the shorts. Like, the shorts sh- the shorts were right for the weather. The, like, fluffy, like, I don't know what, down-stuffed jacket that he wore when it was 70 degrees out was a little bit weird. And, like, he didn't wear a shirt under it. So, like, when I was in, like, the trucker lounge talking to these guys, and, like, they had, like, brought in barbecue for all the guys and stuff, and he was, like, sitting down to eat his leftover barbecue, uh... And, like, he takes his jacket off, and this dude's fucking Jack, like, Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger, dude. Like, he's fucking Jack. Like, I don't know if he's, like, I don't know. He must, all natural, not all natural, but I, I would have my opinions. But he was, a, he was a big fucking dude. 
And like I asked about what was going on, you know, like was that guy sitting in the like in your offices on a lounge watching TV or in a lounge on a couch with no shirt on. He just like took his jacket off and ate his lunch without his shirt on with like five, six other people. Like, <laughs> what's up with that? Like in a business, I was just like, what? they're like, oh yeah, it's just him. He's the nicest guy ever. But I guess like he just doesn't like t- he just doesn't wear t-shirts. He just wears like a jacket or no. I mean, I I should Google him to see if I can find his name. But that was a really inter- he and I don't mean to talk shit, but it was just odd that like that's what's so different about North Dakota and Florida is like. <laughs> you know, well, the weather. I mean, you can. How often wear you meet someone that mainly there's like a ninety five percent of the of year, year in yeah, Florida. and and how often do you meet someone where everyone's like, oh yeah, that's Chris. He doesn't wear t-shirts. He only wears jackets. And then when uh, he gets a little bit when he when he gets a little bit overheated, he just takes it off no matter. Well, where I mean, he's there at. are some of the surfer guys at the beach that. Don't wear a shirt. That's kind of what surfing. Yeah, that's kind of like what it reminded me of. But he wasn't really like the surfer type. He was just like Gold's Gym type. Oh, he was just like Venice Beach Gold's Gym. Like he, like that guy could walk onto there, and you you would have, you you would just think that he fit in, you know. But yeah, it was crazy. But the first, my first, he was just trying to show off his muscles. It sounds like to me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, coming off a cycle. Coming off a cycle. If you know what I mean. I don't know. He's a really nice guy though. But um. The first, my first impressions of Florida were, um, it smells funny. Uh, not, I mean, it doesn't smell bad. It's just, that's a thing where I travel to different states. Everywhere smells different. And where I was, like, you could smell. It all depends on the the trees and the pollution in the air and oh, yeah, pollen see, and just yeah. a bunch of different like uh, those, variables. Out that there, it's like the marshes season. and the swamps. And you can, exactly. And you can, all like, that humidity, you really. Can, I didn't feel the humidity as much. Because uh, it was kind of like a, it was a cooler humidity at night, but I could just like smell like the swamps. I could smell them right away. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's." Someone told me that once. Like you can kind of smell the swamps, or you can smell the humidity, or it's almost like a not a moldy, but like a musty smell. Did you see any gators while you were there? No, I wanted to, but they said it was too cold while I oh, was there. Oh, must have been too cold. They must have been headed further south than the Everglades. Uh, right across the street, where uh, from where I was working, they had one earlier and a few months ago, like at the end of the summer. And they had to have like, well, actually, one of the guys that worked there supposedly, or something, a guy, one of the one of the gentlemen that worked at the place I was I was training, the guys I was training, uh, he's like a night guy, he's like this crazy, just like crazy Georgia dude, and uh, he just like volunteered to come and get the gator, not kill it, just like jump on top of it, wrap it up with duct tape, and he fucking relocated it just because I was like for fun. Wow, what's up with that guy? That guy's fucking sweet. <laughs> we need to get that guy on here. But I did not know that Chris was Evil Knievel's bus driver throughout the length of the of the the, the pretty much Evil Knievel's whole career uh, from like the uh, seventy five or eighty on or something. But I w- I would have definitely got an interview with him because I, I wow. had a little bit of time. I'm sure he has some amazing stories. Oh man, can you imagine? Knievel. I mean, I wonder if I put in Evil Knievel bus driver if this guy's going to come up. I bet. What if he's like a legend, and I just didn't even know? I don't have Wi Fi. Um, oh, we'll have to send out a link here and send out a link. Definitely. Yeah. We'll see what we can find out. Um, reference out to the bus driver for evil and evil. Hit us up. Hit us up, Chris. Dude, you cool dude. Like, let's get you on Skype. Fucking interesting guy. Super nice though. I mean, I would have, I don't know if he like likes to talk about it or not, but I would have fucking asked him. I'd definitely asked him about it. Cause it wasn't like evil can evil, like a big fucking cokehead or something. Or he took, I don't know that allegedly i guess i can't just go dropping that up 
Yeah, what's up with that? Well, I'm I think I've sure. seen like a documentary about like how Evil Knievel was like afflicted by I'm something. I'm not sure. Maybe alcohol or something. He had to be more than likely. But like I think at one point towards the end there, he got into yeah, like that's what it was. Oh no, 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 that's what it was. It was like prescription painkillers. Because oh. of because like yeah because of all the the um all the know, accidents and then he just got addicted the, to it. Wow. Oh yeah, that happens That's quite a, a bit. Bad case. Yeah, it is crazy. But this guy seemed like a straight shooter. He just he just really liked to work out. Or something I don't know. Still kicking it. He had to be like pushing sixty. I don't know. Whatever. But yeah, so uh, we're actually at in Josh's home where uh, it's the Birdall Dobek Pizza Party. Um, the ladies are upstairs. They're gonna take over the second half of the podcast with Target Talk. Uh, with Sarah and Sam, that just rings off the tongue, doesn't it? Yep, I'm sure they'll have a lot All to kind say of shit. about. They're going to talk shit about us. They're going to talk shit about us the entire time. A bunch of comedy. They're just going to be like, your way. men, how about them? Can't they're like guns? Keep them around long enough, and you just want to shoot them. It's going to be stuff like that, or like, I don't know. We'll see. I we'll see. We'll have to listen. We're going to listen. We're going to be sitting at the top of the stairs. Like when, like a little kid when the parents fight, listening to them talking shit. It's like a, I'm going to get a notebook and just take notes. Just throw it up in her face. Oh, moving on. I made a large amount of flights uh, this weekend. And um, so, in your opinion, Josh, uh, how do you feel about fucking pretzels? I think that they're a cop-out as a snack. I think that it's bullshit that a $1,000 plane ticket gets you a uh, ginger ale uh and a package of shitty non-salted pretzels. Like, what's up with like what's that's my what's up with that? Yeah, what's up with that? What's yeah, up that's... with what's up with pretzels as like an airline snack? When yeah. did that was that like a fifties thing? Was it like did Pan Pan Am were pretzels like a commodity? It was like this specialty. I think it's just one of those cheap snacks that they can mass produce and put in a package and try to put a smile on everyone's face. Every once in a while, you get peanuts, but it depends on who you fly. But American Airlines, like American Airlines, with their pretzels. Every airline is different. They, they are. offer different options. And, and American Airlines is the only one um, that that hasn't, like, gotten with the times. Like, United has, like, a snack mix with, like, delicious kind of, like, horseradish, like, crunchies in it. And um, I believe United also has those, um, those, like, waffles that have, like, it's like a candy with caramel in the middle. It's two waffles, hard, like, crispy waffles with caramel in the middle. It's like a, a Dutch snack. Oh, my God. They're so good. So good. But... American American Airlines, like, if you could pick one snack to get to have on the airline, like, what would it be? Like, anything goes. The they come rolling the cart down the aisle, and they're like, "Can I get you something to drink?" And you're like, "Yep, have a ginger ale, please," or uh, you know, whatever. Uh, doers, <laughs> oh, maybe just some Starburst or oh yeah, like candy pack, candy pack, candy yeah, like a variety pack. Like, let's get some sugar. Like, snack why can't pack. we have yeah, some sugar? Have some sugar and What's... some alcohol. What's better than that? Right. Yeah, well, you have to buy the alcohol, but like, what would be the free snack that you'd want? You'd say Starburst? I would say Starburst. That'd be, That'd be a good commodity to have. I would say miniature packages of Tabasco Cheez-Its. There you go. That That's would be my option. go-to. Uh, that would be my dream airline snack. I think they need to up the game. Or just Cheez-Its of any any kind. Or those Ritz. Uh, Ritz. Oh, what are those? Um, the little round crackers with cheese in the middle. Ritz, Ritz Bits sandwiches or I don't know, whatever. That'd be one and two. Oh, but anyways, so we are at Josh's house. Uh, I just got back last night. Um, I flew in early because of the weather. Um, my flight got canceled. Luckily, my travel agent at Travel Travel, shout out to Travel Travel in Fargo for hooking me up with a earlier flight that worked out perfectly with my schedule, and I got home last night. Um, 
So the Dobex uh, invited us over for pizza um, and beers. So we brought the children. They are now tearing apart the uh, main level of the Dobex uh, estate right now as we speak. So you may hear them in the background or you may hear the ladies cackling a little bit back there. Uh, don't worry. You'll, you'll, you'll get to hear what they're talking about probably in about 20 minutes. Um, we had Josh on before uh, talking about uh, financial advisories, financial advising, um, uh, investments, um, what, what you should be doing if you are a late 20s, early 30s. That's where we lie. So that, I guess that's or just any what, age. Yeah, or any age, I guess. I, sh- I shouldn't. That's just where I sit. So it's hard. My perspective might not be the same as someone that's later in their investment career, you could say, or later in their investment period, or uh, than than me. I'm kind of in. I would consider myself in the beginning uh, of my investment period. I guess you know. Yes. What I'm Once you're in the beginning, you are in the accumulation stage, and then you want to accumulate and build up the assets and grow them. And then later on, you want to preserve the capital and then distribute it later on in life. So it's a couple of different strategies to have, just depending on what uh, financial plan that you have in place. So like if I were to invest in like Star Wars action figures, which I would not, but I've heard of a lot of people doing that, like that would be a form of investment. It, that is one option to invest in collectibles and antiques. It um, certainly has some degree of risk just as investing does and it's all about the supply and demand it could be one of those rare and unique items that just everyone has to have and they're willing to pay anything for it do you collect anything i have collected baseball cards and just uh like coke memorabilia yeah coke memorabilia and a couple different things that uh i just i just looked around i seen what i seen the most of and i just like i kind of hit it you have some like vintage um Beverage bottles, like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, just have a couple... Uh, just like kind of Americana pieces? Yeah, just a couple things that I found at different uh, yard sales and flea markets. and I like Just it. random places in Florida, just a couple Coca-Cola glasses and... Old 7-Up, like 7-Up bottles and stuff. Yeah, it's just, crazy. They used to they used to look... Like, it's funny how style's coming back. Kinda. I know, yeah. Look at the old school style versus the new school, and it kind of goes in waves, and now it's coming back again. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So I've collected a few things, but um, I don't really, I don't I don't collect anything. I've yeah, never really, I go when I was your, a kid I collected baseball cards. Is that and still that a thing? Kind of the extent? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think now people like the kids have moved on to Pokemon and some of the other cards that I don't even understand. Me neither. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, different antiques and collectibles, even artwork, could be a part of an asset class to where it could be considered an investment and make a return on investment and is always the objective. So if you can do that, and that's always a positive thing. I watched a show on my flight on the way back called Sour Grapes, and it was about people that invest in high-end wines, like $50,000, $100,000 bottles of wine. Yes. And there was this gentleman uh, that faked it and made he uh, got within like this club of fancy, fancy uh, wine drinkers. I don't think they even have a name, but um, and essentially kind of worked his way in with a little bit of money. And he was forging like 50 to 500,000 to one million dollar bottles of wine. And uh, the the vintner or the winemaker of whose stuff of his family that he was uh, counterfeiting from like the 50s fucking showed up um, in L.A., and was like, my family didn't make a 59, um, you know, um, bur- uh, what do they call it? Uh, like, not blush, but uh, burgundy. They're like, we did not, we, this French dude's like, we did not make the 59 burgundy. You know, you're a fraud. And this fucking dude got put in jail for 10 years wow. for selling fake wine. But they said That's that great. the impact that, that, yeah, 
the impact that that had that that guy had by flooding the market with these crazy bottles that people had been looking for this is what these rich people do you know these people that get three million they say like they reference people get three million dollar bonuses and they take a million dollars of it it's like fuck you money yeah yeah counterfeit goods aren't good for the market it just but it messed with the market so bad because this guy sold such a large collection when they can he, he sold over they, they say over one year he, he had fifteen thousand pieces sold in his collection so he had to have someone he's from like indonesia so he thinks he was tied to like some indonesian bank robbers um, or Asian, uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly where he was from, but uh, I believe he was either, um, I, I'm pretty sure he was Indonesian. And uh, his, his Indonesian uncles were like, not mobsters, but they were like known criminals. But they, they still think to this day that there was like a factory there pumping out these uh, Jetatol 1950 or 1941 champagnes that are, they go for like $100,000, a bottle. And, uh, it's it's just it was crazy, and this guy lived this life for like four years, just so confident. He just come popping in there, but like that was an investment. That was people during like you know two thousand three, two thousand four, you know, uh, with the market and everything. That was like people were thriving, you know, right? It was a good time, and this this new form of investment or this new, I guess it's like a form of collecting. And drinking, I don't know, whatever, but that was like people were put, taking their investments out and buying wine and and selling them at these houses. It was like this era where it was really, really important. Or, I mean, not important. It was an era when it was really, really popular. That's that's just like a crazy, that would be like a different style of investing. Yeah, I know that uh, Kevin O'Leary on the Shark Tank, he um, invests in wine and is into all that. So I, I guess there must be money to be made there. I'm just not really a wine connoisseur, but uh, yeah, antiques and collectibles and different artwork. Uh, there's definitely um, some money to be made there, depending on what the item is and and the the demand that is out there and the uniqueness and the the uh, limited quantity of that item can definitely drive up the price. I wonder what the weirdest thing is that like like what are these things like these Hatchimals? This is becoming oh, is that the top toy of this holiday yeah, it's, season? It's, uh... It's like becoming a commodity. Wow, what's up with that? What is up with that? The hatch aren't they going on eBay for like triple the price or something? Even ridiculous? more now, and like wow. it's weird because the company's still putting waves of them out, but but it's like well, these when your town has like a, a shortage or when they sell out and then they have to wait, especially with the snow up here, things haven't been getting shipped correctly, and like one day they'll be going for like three hundred dollars on eBay or three hundred dollars on like a Facebook Market or something, and then all of a sudden KB Toys will get them in and they're eighty bucks. I don't, you know what I mean? Oh, another round of them. Another round available. comes in, and the, but then you know those guys, uh, KB Toys, they're jacking them up probably like another twenty percent. But, but then it's like, oh, all of a sudden the parent realized didn't they weren't in the know, and it's like, if you would have been in the know on Thursday, you probably could have went and got one. But you just found out your kid wanted one now because they heard from someone at school that they wanted one. See, the demand is so great, but the supply is limited, so it drives up the price on one it's, uh, someone is willing to pay for it. I yeah, guess. exactly. It's just odd to see such a liquid, like up and down shift. You know, like usually if something goes for three hundred dollars, like a Tickle Me Elmo, this was like the only kind of other toy that kind of that mm-hmm. I remember. That's the one that stands out, or the Furby in the nineties. But I've never seen them like fluctuate in price to where one day they're three hundred, and then the next day you can just go on your lunch break and get one. There wasn't like a shortage; like they had enough. Like everyone had them for like a couple weeks, and then and then all of a sudden, boom, they fall off again, and then that's when you see people wanting them again. It's like where the fuck were you last week when they were six seventy dollars? You know, it's just weird now with 
manufacturing and you know they didn't really cut them off like they would to drive them up they're like well no we're still going to release them and we're still going to sell them for the same price but it's just funny to to see the people that luck there's like lucky people that found out their kid wanted it or was into it on like the weeks they had them and and then there's the parents that are out there trying to spend 300 300 350 dollars you know like with some shady person on ebay trying to get one because on the week they found out their kid wanted one it just happened to be a fucking hot commodity that time sure yeah it's about that supply and demand and the availability of that item so it's a weird, it's a, it's like a little stuffed animal that hatches out of an egg. And then what do you do with it? I don't yeah, even see. Yeah, I saw it. a YouTube video. What happens after that? Yeah. As far as I've gotten is like right when it cracks out of the egg and I'm like, all right, I'm over this. I'm not watching any more of it. So I've never really even seen what it does after the fact. It's just, that shows like the spoiled love that apparently. It almost the, seems like a newer Furby, but it hatches out of an egg. I just, I'm yes, exactly. Is that accurate? Yes, yes. I'm so glad that my child, maybe this time will never come, but maybe it will. But she doesn't just like outright ask for that yet, you know, and that's going to become, we're both, our children are, you know, uh, of similar age and we're in the same era of parenting. And it's just going to be a weird day when my daughter asks for something that I may have to go and pay uh, five times the market price for because, you know, to like show her that, that I love her for Christmas. It's like, fuck, no, you're not getting it. Excuse my language, but no, you know. You want a pony? Oh, I bet you do. <laughs> I want a dirt bike. <laughs> Go watch Netflix. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. Um, so, yeah, last time we had you on, Josh, um, we learned about investment or we learned about retirement plans, um, you know, the retirement plans that your your <clears throat> employer, um, your employer offer as, as opposed to uh, retirement plans uh, that you can set up yourself. Um and we had some questions from some uh, some from listeners, so we just want to answer those questions. Uh, and uh, yeah, go. What was our first question? All right. So the first question was, "What is an IRA?" So an IRA is an individual retirement account. That's what a, an IRA stands for. And there are a few different types of IRAs. There's a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. Uh, the main differences are. The traditional IRA, once you reach age 70 and a half, you're required to take out a portion of the account. And the Roth IRA is after-tax dollars, and you the required minimum distribution at age 70 and a half does not apply. So you can grow capital tax deferred in both accounts. It's just that the traditional IRA is pre-tax and you can use it as a tax deductible contribution if you're not able to contribute to a Roth IRA which has annual maximums. So most individuals are able to contribute to a Roth IRA just depending on their adjusted gross income. Uh up this year 2016 it's up to 193,000 combined. So most people with their spouse are able to contribute to Roth IRAs or other qualified plans through their employer. So that was the first question there. So and so th- I, hold on a second here. I'm like, "Uh, what?" you know. So we have to back it up here. So a traditional IRA is pre-taxed. A Roth IRA is post-tax. Correct. That means within it. And so I'm I'm confused. The regular author, the regular R, the uh, uh, traditional IRA is through the employer. It could be if they offer a 401k. And Roth IRA is not through an employer. Most times not, but some employers offer a Roth 401k. 
that would be the only way. But and yeah, most I, Roth IRAs are with the individual has, having to establish them so on I, their own. So I, uh, traditional IRA, we'll call IRA one. Um, I pay taxes right away. The pre-tax, you don't pay taxes on when I have you put to pay the money it when in, I pull it out. But though? you pay it when you pull, pull it, it out. out. Okay, yep. and the Roth IRA, the the taxes get paid right away. Exactly. Give your money to Uncle Sam, then the chunk goes to the basket. Then it goes into the investments, and then it and grows then with the other one, everything goes in the basket, and you pay the tax. You pay the taxes when you pull it out. Exactly. Regular IRA, when you're seventy, they make you take a portion of it out. Exactly. Roth yep. IRA, not so much. Yep. You can keep it going as long as you want. Indefinitely. You don't even have to use it. You can just give it to the grandkids. Correct. Got it. So a major benefit there. But the main difference is the since these accounts are so powerful, they do have annual What do you mean by maximum, powerful exactly? As what far as the compounding interest and the tax deferral. So what does that mean? That you can defer the taxes out to the future and compound the interest in the account without having to pay taxes in that given tax So you can year. make money off the money without having to pay taxes during off the amount of money that you've made. You got it. And if you can do that for 10, 20, 30 years, that power of compounding interest can be huge. Okay. I got you. Cool, Yeah. Man. So the, the annual maximum for 2016 is 5500 but individuals above 50 they can contribute an extra 1000 so 6500 So you can put up to $6,000 a year into these accounts? Yep, 5500 or 6500 <clears throat> 6, just based on your age so per year. What so what would that come out to be if someone were to put it, uh, 30 years or so? You know, What would that come out to be? I mean, essentially through like a lifetime of... what's an, If I'm contributing the max amount, so mm-hmm. say... If so I'm with the 6500 that's about 541.67 approximately. 540, times 12. 541. 541 a month. Oh, $541 a month? So you'd be putting... To max it out. Oh, you'd be putting $541 a month in there? Or if... Mm-hmm. essentially, 12, yep. So then you're... Or you, you could just do the 6500 at once or monthly. It's Oh, okay. It's just... That's the max. And then a lot of times uh, your uh, employer will match half of that, so it only Potentially. $2,500. So. Yep, depending on if they offer the match. So the you're a millionaire if you do that? It uh, all depends on the amount that you initially contribute. The, if I max it out every month. Well, it all depends. Or, excuse me. If I max it out every year for, uh, so right now I'm 31 years old. I can retire when I'm how old? Um, as 65? As early as you want. Well, I'm saying to, I can't, I can't draw Social Security essentially realistically until I'm 65 years old. Correct? Well, for the full retirement age, for us, it's about 67. 67. So, yeah, but I, can, so 31 minus 67 um, you know, so like so it's a good 30 plus years. So let's just call it 30 years. We'll call it 30 years. So if I put in, so you're saying about $6,000. Well, after you'd have to be over 50. So we'll just yep. say, what'd you say it was? 5,500 5, for individuals below 50. Got it. So we'll just call it that. So we'll call it 5,500. So five, five, 5,500 times 12 <clears throat> gives us uh, 66,000. No, that's not right. <laughs> what the fuck did I do? I'm like, I well, can you're gonna do have ma- to divide that by twelve to see what the I can do is. math. I can <laughs> do math. Fifty five oh that's a year. Yeah, per year. Oh, I got you. Times thirty. That's gonna leave you with hundred and sixty six thousand five hundred dollars. That's just based on the that's contributions. Just yep. And then you that's would be gaining principle. interest off of this. Exactly. I mean in your target range if you're making eight to twelve percent per year. I mean, given the market goes down some years, some years it's up more. But if but you're that's your that's historically, your, your target is eight thousand is eight percent. Absolutely, you want to try to target that eight percent, because historically the market does perform eight to twelve percent. So if you can try to target at least the eight percent and be at a moderate to to moderately aggressive portfolio, that would 
maximize the reward and try to reduce some of the risk. So there. you would double your money. So that's about a hundred. Or I'm sorry, that's thirteen thousand two hundred and eighty dollars. That would be eight percent. Well, so yeah, you're looking at probably like two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, we'll send out some examples and yeah. show a couple charts later on. That way, everyone can see. I'm just what, trying to get an idea because at. I always hear about you know, this is some people are like, I'm not interested in this, but there's going to come a fucking time when you are going to be, when you have to be, when anybody that's responsible and doesn't want their kids to have to worry about how how they're going to feed their children or how they're going to go from one job to the next or paycheck to paycheck, if you'd like your children to not have to worry about that and like break the cycle in your family, if your family didn't invest or didn't care about their your financial future or their financial future, then, then don't listen to it. I don't give a shit. But there's a few people out there that talk to their parents and talk to other people around us that are responsible people who want our children's who want our children to to like we want to set them up for success or set our family up for success or be able to get when i'm 50 years you know 67 years old i want to be able to do whatever the fuck i want because i go to work every day so you have to start thinking about this at some point so yeah this isn't really the style powerful but the sooner you set it up the The more more of an advantage you have exactly and you can use it as equity towards like buying homes so say you're on your Say you're 50 years old and you've gotten $100,000 in your account because that's about where you'd be, essentially. You can use that $100,000 of equity. So that's like a $100,000 bar of gold that's sitting on your fucking table that you can tell the bank that you have so that they'll give you cheaper money, correct? Well, you could use it as leverage and you could also tap into that to use as Throughout to purchase your a property. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or or to put it into other investments. Yeah, it just depends on what um, like you could type of up, investment or retirement you could take account up all it is. Of your IRA. You could certainly roll it over or whatever the case is. You could take up all your IRA and fucking go and go to the factory and buy like 100,000 Hatchimals, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then you could hustle those. Yeah, maybe not the best example, but Probably, I that guess wouldn't, it could be. Every time possible. I like bring up an idea of like investments, Josh is like, um, yes, on a very that would be a very um That'd be a very risky move. <laughs> You're, yeah, I just you know, I want to evaluate the risks on everything. Exactly. And... Like, but everything that I give you is like <laughs> everything I call him or I text him with. He's like, no, no, that's way too fucking volatile. No, no, and you're not doing, you know, or like, you know, I'm going to buy all the Hatchimals. What do you think? And he's like, no, don't buy fucking penny, penny stocks and don't buy Hatchimals. Yeah, there's just a lot of risk involved. I mean, if you want to speculate in a small portion of your portfolio, maybe 5% or less, Yeah. It, that way if the rest of your portfolio is doing absolutely amazing, you can afford to uh, take a loss in that 5%. It's just a very small portion. That way if it, it does go down, it's not going to hurt your overall portfolio it has it's not going to have as much of an impact negatively exactly so you get a little bit of a stay diversified you gotta diversify once again it comes up again yeah i mean essentially you make money with money you know yeah power of compounding interest power power of compounding interest which i didn't give a fuck about until i seen josh roll up in a new mercedes and i was like okay what do you what are we fucking doing here because i want jet skis so i save the monies i don't play the market i need to not play the market but i need my my retirement um, game uh, is not exactly where I want it to be yet, but I'm I'm working on it right now. But I mean, when you have people around you that are telling you that it's very very important, and when they were your age, if they would have known what they knew when when you know when they were your age, they would have started it now. So now that's what we're trying to tell you. We're at the point now where we've seen it and we've seen it happen. And I know Josh, and I know you know the type of success that he has. In wealth management and making money with money, that's what you're doing, right? You're making Absolutely. money with money. And I'm helping many clients do it as well. So it's all about um, 
duplication of a process and implementing a financial plan and sticking to the plan, when regardless I th- on the, what the market does. The exactly. market's near all-time highs now. And You had a couple I mean, bad months. I mean, not you didn't have bad months, but leading up to this, like six months prior, six months ago, we weren't having the same conversation. Yeah, I mean, the market was almost flat for a couple of years and there. it happens. And yeah, it happens. It goes up, and then down, it, and, sideways. And, and now it's doing now great. Now it's just blasting off into there the next is. level. Uh, yeah, so now's the best, now's a better time than ever, really. Absolutely. You're at the fo- You're at the bottom of the graph. You're at the bottom of the, It's a. you know what I'm saying? If we're going to draw a fucking mountain, we're on the left-hand side and it's, you know, a quarter of the way up. We're not even anywhere near the peak, so now's the time to get in on it. Yeah, there's definitely many opportunities out there. You just have to do your research, and and it's uh, definitely important to get started when you're young and have a lot of time to take a little risk and just keep building up your account slowly. Go over buy time. all the Hatchimals. <laughs> buy them all. Buy Thai Beanie Babies still. Cause I those, what's up with that? Are I those think still they got cheap again. I don't know. And like buy. They may be on eBay, too. We should check that out. I know. They, there, are, <laughs> there may still be a Thai Beanie Baby game. Uh, and Pokemon cards, but you have to figure out which ones are good. So maybe get a 12-year-old I, advisor. I just heard on CNBC the other day that a, a Pokemon, one of the rarest ones, sold for over 50000 for just one card. Jesus How Christ. incredible is that? It's like 12-year-old kid. That is a, some super fan out there. Yeah, like a 12-year-old so kid named like Jimmy D. on a Pokemon card. Yeah, he's like that kid in that 90s movie. He's just going to keep it in some vault forever. Fuck. <laughs> Just oh my god, the rarest of rare. I mean, it's one thing to have like a Babe Ruth rookie card or something they can relate to, but I mean, Pokemon is. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't don't understand it. it I was on on my flight on my flight to from Charlotte to Jacksonville. This little kid was like five years old, and it was the funniest shit I ever heard. The smoking, no smoking sign comes on. This little cute kid was like, "Is it time to smoke?" He was like asking his mom, and she's like, "Jacob, stop it! No." We never smoke. And he's like, let's go smoke. He was just like, let's go smoke. And everyone was just fucking dying. She's like, you just lost Pokemon for one day. And he's like, so we're not smoking? <laughs> well, this kid got up to like six fucking days of no Pokemon. And then it kind of hit him. He just like wasn't listening to her. And he's like, no Pokemon. And then he lost his five-year-old shit for half an hour. That's how important this is to these kids. Yeah, Pokemon Go was like another game. That like it was, was like, some app to where they. It was just, a game that they just like. It was a, something. It was another game, and I'll have my buddy Drew on here. Uh, my uh, my buddy Drew uh, just started working with me. He's a super cool guy. He's like he knows more about gaming, like computer gaming, than anybody I know. So he he knew he. I think it was him I was discussing it with. He, we're gonna have him on here and he'll talk more about it. But essentially, Pokemon just put their name on that game. Everyone thought it was gonna be this huge fucking thing, and now it just kind of was like. <laughs> sputtered off but the games have held or the the cards have held strong the whole time and the card people at first were like well fuck that and they started playing it but then now the cards are back up and it's like a crazy thing it's like magic the gathering it's like people create this currency it's like bitcoin it's like you know what i'm saying when bitcoin was like this thing and everyone's trying to buy bitcoins but you just you couldn't go and just buy bitcoins you had to like go buy a fucking gift card or get it from some sketchy thing or you had to send a money order or you had to mine for it with like these crazy computers and there's Everyone's got their like regular HP or their Dell computer trying to mine for it. And it's like, I did it, like ramped everything up, fucked the computer up. I don't think it ever ran the same. I ended up with like 13 cents for like two weeks. My electric bill was fucking $40. You know what I mean? Like there's no way to do it. And Bitcoin kind of just fell off. They just weren't going to let it happen. But Pokemon, they couldn't do anything with that. Like that's a fucking currency essentially. Yeah, yeah. There are some alternate um, investment ideas out there that can... Uh, make gains it's just all about if if someone else out there is willing to pay up for that item 
I guess there's all random antiques and collectibles on eBay at all times. I just the the Hatchimal thing. It was like, oh my god, someone got out of marketing from the '90s from from like Tamagotchi days. You know what I'm talking about. And then they pop back in and they're like, check this shit out. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Wow, what's up with that? What's up with that? Next question. That are, those were all the questions that we had on the. Oh, that, that's all the questions that you yep. had? That's all the questions that we had from the last episode. So thanks for all the questions to everyone. And if you have any more follow-up questions or anything that I can help clarify, uh, certainly let us know. We'll send out some more links and some helpful tools and resources for everyone to use and try to help themselves set themselves up for financial success in the future. Thank you very much, Josh Dobeck. Uh, awesome. Thank you guys very much. Thank you, Josh, for being on. Thanks, Brant. If anybody has any further questions or would like to set up a portfolio or get their uh, investment, um, I guess, investments in a group uh, or get something set up uh, that's not offered through your work, we can. you can uh, check out Josh uh, at Twitter. Uh, your Twitter tag is at? At Josh Jobeck. Uh, at we'll Josh send Jobeck. out all the links. Send out all that the links. you can uh, check that out. You can uh, also check out, uh, yeah, check out Dobek. Uh, check out, I call him Dobek. I have to call him by the first name when we're all formal. Yeah, so check out Josh on Twitter. Uh, if you have any questions, leave them, uh, leave the comments on the, um, you know, on Facebook. All right, everybody, have a good night.